Welcome to Louisville Vintage Motorworks Podcast. Taped in front of no one, on location from somewhere. And now, here's Sugar Puss and Peepaw. All right, all right, we are back. This is Louisville Vintage Motorworks AMA VMD 2022. We're going to do weird little snippets. Yesterday was amazing. We, we actually got to sit down with... Kevin Schwanz himself, the Grand Marshal oh, for the event this year. It was amazing, simply amazing. So, uh, what a great guy! I completely, one hundred percent, absolutely charismatic. So, so talkative, so informal, uh, so full of information to share. Yeah. You know, he just we could have just let him go on and on. Oh, and he was he was wanting to, he was wanting to, but we had to kind of cut it short. He had a busy schedule. Yeah, yeah, I was crammed, crammed, crammed. But let's talk um, about today. We'll, let, we'll, 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 we'll put that mm-hmm. link in there and let's, let's talk about what's going on today. We woke up this morning. It was beautiful. Uh, well, no, no, before we even do that, let's give the Thursday night rundown of oh. what happened at AMA Vintage Days. Thursday night. Thursday, Thursday night. Is, is pregame. It's set up. We've got the big 20 by 30 circus tent in the back corner of the campground. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, we kind of own this little corner of the campground as far back as you can go uh, in mid-Ohio. Um, yeah, Liza calls we, us the party corner. Yeah, Miss Liza. From Moto Misfits. Mo, yeah, Motorcycle Misfits. Liza calls it the party corner. Uh, we call it the burnout box. Kentucky corner, burnout alley. Apparently she has definition, different definitions for burnout box than we do. But, so we, we set up back here. We've been doing this for now, what, 10 plus years? Mm-hmm. Were we on our 10th, 12th year, something like that? Yeah, we were a, we were a, a club, what did they call us, like a featured club for the 2010 or so? Yeah, two years, for two years we were the featured club, brought all the bikes, brought, you know, the Midway, hung out. That was before the Midway kind of got big. Like, they started right, adding right. more to it. Um, you know, adding it adding more and more and now there's tons of vendors and they've got the wall of death is there and, and, and right. you know, the, the, the main drag is really nice oh and they've built new facilities there on the one side of the uh, there's a pavilion now there's a new pavilion new they put pavilion. in yeah they didn't utilize it this year uh, <laughs> but uh, you can tell it's, it's, it's going to be probably utilized in the future yep uh, but Thursday Thursday is actually I would consider that the new the new Friday the like new it's Friday, sort of yeah, yeah I mean was, it's when, when we look back over the years and how it all started uh, this burnout uh, box, uh, party corner, whatever you decide you want to call it, uh, started small um, and then has grown. And the Thursday was like a Friday, probably seven or eight years ago. Right. Uh, right. And, and now that now Friday was just insane. Friday was insane. It Thursday was insane. is just a big kickoff. Uh, it's the more it's the most packed I have ever seen it on a Thursday. Yes. I mean. I mean, yes. we, they were running, starting to run out of spots on Thursday. So, But we're here, and in true mid-Ohio fashion, it is raining. It mud is not. It, yeah, it will rain at least one time, turning into mud. So yep. it is officially mud Ohio uh, now. Uh, I was about 50 yards into the swap meet this afternoon uh, and got dumped on and had to run back to the campground. So I'm in my second layer of clothes. Yeah, I was with my son in the Suzuki Samurai. Uh, the official AMA tow vehicle yes. um, for um, AMA. Belongs to uh, uh, J-Rod. J-Rod got hacked on Instagram. Yeah, J-Rod and the guys from DNR Motors uh, out of Columbus, Ohio. But he is 
generous enough to always post up for this event. Anybody needs to get pulled out, you call the Samurai. You call J-Rod, he'll come get you. Um, so right now we're just hanging back at camp, waiting out the rain. Really, I mean, I, you could, I heard racing today on the track. I really don't necessarily make it to the track racing side of things. Uh, the campground, our little camping spot is actually perfectly located right up against the hair scramble part of the hair scramble course so we do get to see a lot of that um shout out to to mr casey elkins and and dirt reynolds dirt reynolds Reynolds, uh won his his class yesterday in in the hair scramble so shout out out to those two guys with uh, dirt reynolds he uh oh here comes uh red mud ohio uh corner cycles are us Net. Yeah. He has two motorcycle handlebars. It's a, it's a mini truck, one of these little Mitsubishi mini trucks. And he's got two handlebars mounted on there so you can actually stand up and ride around. This is the kind of stuff you see at uh, Mid-Ohio. Mid-Ohio. Yeah, you see Every all kinds of things. There's, what is that thing that Pete was in? It's like trike, like a pizza delivery trike with a, with yeah, a some, utility bed on the back. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it, a was it a Honda Gyro? Uh, yeah, I think it's a, a gyro with a, with, with, a, a, with like a, a delivery hot box on the back. So yes. you can deliver food in like downtown Tokyo. Yes. I saw, uh, earlier I saw a guy who had a, uh, some sort of small displacement motorcycle, but he had built what looked like a wheelie bar on the back, but it was actually a, a single, it went back about two or three feet, and it was a basically a trailer, but he had mounted it to the, the back of the bike and had a single wheel out the back, and you just came up on this single motorcycle wheel, but it was a utility trailer, right. and he had a like a milk crate or something built into the center of it, right. so he could rip and, rip and run through the swap meet, no problem. And then, and then we had the, uh, oh, last night at the burnout box, we had a Sea-Doo show up. First time ever. First time ever. I really, really need to know who that was. The Sea-Doo. The Sea-Doo was off the chain. The Sea-Doo actually did a burnout. Um, and then, what else did we have last night? Oh, the Rider of the Year, the AMA Rider of the Year, Haley, uh, came by. Like, yep. she she came by in full, uh, I, bless, I guess, like, full Captain Garb, the... Yes. Evil, the evil can evil suit. We're wearing a, I believe it was a unicorn helmet. Yeah, I saw her. Yeah, I, and and I apologize in advance for my voice. My voice is gone. I, they actually made a mistake last night, or the last two nights, and handed me the microphone uh, for the burnout box. Yes, the captain. So dude. I got to sort of co-captain um, last night. So I have almost no voice, and it's terrible. We're, we're going to try to sit down today with the captain before the shenanigans start, and maybe do an interview with him. Uh, and kind of give you as a background of how it all kind of started, uh, the whole captain thing here at AMA Vintage Days. Uh, really is kind of a cool story. There is a, there was a late night sighting of the captain in his camper, I believe, with a bag of Doritos. And that was it. Just that, a bag that, of Doritos. He had his hat on. He did have his hat on. Hat on, bag of Doritos. And so, oh. At ease, sailor, at ease. And, and I want to give a shout out to Moto G Pete. Uh, who has been really just a all-around kick-ass guy uh, this weekend. His his disco-mirrored helmet is still on the speaker from the burnout box last night. He may not get that back. He, he may. Well, yeah. I, we need to probably return that. But he may, someone, he may, get, he may get back next year. Someone <laughs> is probably going to walk off with that helmet if, if, uh, if, we'll, if he's we'll not careful. It, we'll keep it in good stead for him. Um, 
I really want to hit the swap meet today. I'm dying to hit the swap meet. Swap meet's best yesterday, but we had a little bit of a scheduling thing yesterday. Um, yeah, the swap meet should be interesting. Uh, really interesting. I mean, I, I was 50 yards into the swap meet, got two boots in, and, and it was CT70 stuff, and there was with a guy. This, with this much rain, what's interesting is with this much rain, it's uh, it, prices are going to drop. Yeah. Because people have lost two or three hours of uh, selling stuff, and, and I don't, they don't, they don't want to take this stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, so by tomorrow it'll be crazy. But there is one guy that I want to go back to. I, I really got two boots, two boots in, and for whatever reason, I feel the urge to get a. He has a. He has logoed MotoGP tire warmers. I don't know how, where, whatever, well, but don't, don't I don't really need, need one. Warmers. But I want one. Oh. I just feel like I need. I feel like I want one, even if it's just to hang on the wall. Because you know how. You like to hang shit on the wall. I know. I'm kind of the junkly gentleman, you know what I mean? Know, like, I, I, I really like, you know, I really like that kind of stuff. Because who who has that stuff? Who has that stuff? Me. Or Dirt Reynolds. There's a reason people don't have that stuff. Oh, it's because that's it's specifically for, things like that are specifically for racers. You, 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 don't, you don't need a tire warmer. This is why we can't have nice things. Okay. Oh, you, come on. You're you. taking the fun out of, uh, yeah. you are taking the uh, fun out of fun. Well, I mean, that's come a, on. That's my job. To be grounded. <laughs> whatever, whatever. I, I do want to say the grounded one. We have we have quite a bit of of mid-o versions. We have a quite a handful of mid-o. That mid-o's. has been the big story. Really, that we have really we have a lot of story. new faces. I'm really excited that we have yes. so many new faces. Yes, there really um, has been a lot of new people here, and that's been really just kind it's of. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I really wish my so my friends from blah 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 motorcycles.com are actually sitting in line trying to get in right now. Um, they came by the burnout box last night. They should have camped. They, yeah, they should have camped. They I mean, camp. but shout out to those uh, those two ladies. I mean, check out blah 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 motorcycles.com. Find them on Facebook. Um, if you see me wandering around in my blah 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 motorcycle shirt, um, run up, tell me a story. They like they like she's a she's a great blogger. They like stories. If you see her in her shirt, run up and talk to them. They're awesome. Uh, they're out of Chicago, I, I believe. Maybe a little yeah, bit yeah, north Chicago, of Chicago. Yeah, they're Chicago, yeah. just outside. Introduced us. Um, yeah, the Chicago crew. We've got you know we've got so much more to come. Hopefully today we'll run through the swap meet. Uh, we've got um, what else? We got swap meet. We got we got to do the wall of death. Wall of death. You know the main drag. We've got there's all kinds of stuff. The AMA Hall of Fame tent. We the should AMA probably tent. try to get a few minutes with the wall of death. Uh, uh, I would love to. I would love to. Um, the history of the wall of death. I know, yeah, and uh, Mr. Charlie Ransom, shout out to him. Like he finally, like I think he finally retired. He doesn't. He's not with the wall of death anymore. I mean, he'll. I think he'll always be part of the wall of death. Right. He is not at this event this year, so. Which is sad. We love seeing him. We've had a good time with him, uh, you know, a few years in a row. So, uh, they're gonna they're cranking up the music. You know, Pete Ball is here doing the dishes. Yeah. He yeah, always yeah, he always, always throws cooked. down. Always you know, cook. He always you know, cooks. That's, so. that's how I roll. Uh, and uh, this year is no different. Uh, finally got the camper back together after our incident back in October. Uh, so uh, it's in full uh, full effect. And I'm just taking this rainy time to clean everything up. The camper. Can we talk about the camper? I love the we camper. Talk, we can talk about the camper. Let's I talk mean, about the camper for a minute. Full-on so, utility trailer, truck right. bed. So, you know, my, in my other incarnation, I am an overlander. And um, I do... Uh, I love I love going out on the trails and taking everything with me, you know, like the kitchen sink. And I, I saw all these really expensive 
trailers out there, uh, off-road trailers, and said, you know what, I bet I can build my own. And so what I did is I took a military uh, bed, our military trailer, and put a fiberglass utility bed on it to try to, to, try to keep it light. Uh, and the what's on the market out there is um, very much uh, geared just toward the off-roading and not anything else, no adventuring off of it. So you have a trailer that is simply used for camping off of. And that wasn't good enough for me because I like to do whitewater paddling. I like to uh, take motorcycles with me, of course. Um, you like to do everything. Yeah, I like to do everything, snowboarding. Uh, and, and, you know, I've, I've always worked events, so it makes a great event trailer. Uh, I've got a full kitchen in it, uh, workshop. It'll sleep. Oh, rap, rap. There it is. There it is. Uh, it'll sleep four people. It's got an awning. We're actually standing under the awning right now. It's what yep. rained on. So it's, it's pretty cool. I, I really enjoy it. It's got a 5,200-pound axle under it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, love my utility trailer. He puts motorcycles in the in the bed. Yeah, it we can haul a bike or two. We, we carried the entire PA system up here this time uh, with a motorcycle, uh, and then the flatbed Tundra had a couple bikes on it and some other stuff generator. Yeah, yeah you were you were fully it, loaded coming up this year. So. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's fun. It's a it's a fun. Piece. So what else we got? I mean, you you see so many interesting things. Oh, yeah, and, I haven't really been down to swap me much yet, and haven't gotten around much yet actually. I went over to, uh, I saw uh, Casey Elkins' uh, camp spot over there. He's camping with uh, Parker out of uh, yeah. Cleveland, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's got, outside of Cleveland. He's got a truckload of CT70 parts, which I have a hodgepodge CT70 bike uh, from a good friend of mine from Chicago. But I kind of want a period correct frame, so I'm, he's got a really nice uh, uh, yeah. sort you of know. like... Well, the friends like Come that. On. You know, these these little seats. You were talking about a bike that's way overpriced. These little things oh, are way overpriced. Don't hate on the CT70. It's not my. It's not my fault that the CT70 market and the 50 market is crazy through the roof right now. But you got to admit, the colors that they use on the CT70s no, and I'm, you know, I'm down with it. I think the cool. the 70s sort of lime green pimp sparkle 100% state fair. Cool. The old state fair. Kids so rides, come on, that's that's awesome. Here's I love the, the colors. They, they were always meant as as an affordable little bike to throw in the back of an RV. That's what they were for, and, and they're great. But they're the best pit bikes I mean, ever. I saw one for five thousand dollars. I'm like, who's paying five thousand dollars for one of these things? Whoever's got five thousand, you know oh what? My God. Everybody that bought a thirty thousand dollars side by side should probably pay five thousand dollars for a CT70. Well, there you go. There are crazy the CT70 on there, so you can know. There's. Millions of dollars of side by sides. I mean, yeah. there's a side by side as big as the Suzuki Samurai out here. Like it's crazy. Right, and I almost got hit by a side by side out here. You know, that's been one of the big debates and things I've, I've talked about over the past month or so on different forums. Is that um, you know I don't think we ought to have side by sides out here. Now I don't I don't dislike Samurai, them. I just think this particular it's event not a good, it's not a good event for them. It's not uh, a good. Now we I was almost hit by one yesterday, so I can attest that uh, especially after the lights. Uh, go off and people uh, are drinking a little bit and riding around these things they can be kind of dangerous so they're they're made to you know withstand a rolling down the side of a mountain kind of cage yeah yeah I mean, somebody's, but somebody's you know, if you mall, if you run I'm not somebody, you know I'm not against them I go wheeling with some people like that uh, that have them but uh, it's uh it's just not a it's just not a good spot for them I know it's a little it gets a little tight especially this year it's really crowded so you got to be really right. careful um, well, let, let's talk riding for a minute. Like, we come up here, 
at Mid Ohio, we do the beer can slalom, right? Uh, and we all, we were talking to some AMA. Uh, there was a board of director and a photographer with them yesterday. And we were talking about the beer can slalom and what it means. It sounds like a ridiculous event, and, and it's all fun and games, but it's right. really it really yeah, we teaches. Talked we talked to Mitch about this. Right. Yeah. It really teaches um, agility and fundamental skills. Right. And you're, it teaches instincts and skills. It's a you know it's a skill builder for. A lot of like new riders uh, up here, and we and periodically we do get you know a lot of new riders. So, Mudd Ohio gets to the point where you know if you slide out in the dirt up here, it dirt doesn't hurt up here. Right, exactly. Because you're not exactly. going you know terribly fast. So, you know, the beer can slalom is hilarious when we do it, but it is a, it, it is a skill set yeah, builder. It's, it's, so it's a it's a it's a it is a serious skill builder wrapped inside of. Uh, something fun to do. Yeah. Um, so you know, a little sugar with the medicine. You know, and I and I believe Mitch said it when he said, "If you're going to learn to ride a motorcycle, go ride a dirt bike first. Go get out on the dirt and and and, and right. see what you know. Yeah, exactly. Get squirrely. Exactly. Get squirrely. Build those fundamentals." Well, and Kevin so. talked about that too. You know, he was a, he started out as a trials rider. Yeah. Learning how to learning those basic fundamental skills from the very earliest are probably the best thing you can do. Yeah. So, you know, again, up here at Mid-Ohio, what started out as a, just a ridiculous, stupid uh, sort of drinking game for us uh, has really, you know, changed, uh, has really sort of, you know, built up riders. I mean, we've got lines and lines and lines of, of people and, you know, doing crazy things and the beer can slalom yeah, it helps, really has, you know, it helps it, really. It, you know, it doesn't have to be beer cans. You know, you can take the kids out and cones, cones or whatever. whatever. Do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but it's, it's that factor so, building those skills. Right. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. AMA BMD 2022. And in, uh, I am fortunate enough to be sitting here with Miss Haley Bell and Miss Liza. And we and and we've got blah 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 motorcycles. And who is this gentleman? I'm Moin. Moin. Moin Khan, Pakistan. Pakistan. <gasps> the Pakistan? Yeah. Oh, the tour and the whole. Oh, dude, you're awesome. Okay, my head is gonna explode. Will you help me with this, Miss Liza? Please, please join me. Yes. In co-piloting, we we had a last-minute add-on for AMA this year, and I got lucky enough to sit here. I'm like 12 episodes into the podcast. Miss Liza was uh, kind enough to give me some pointers, and I'm using probably the worst mic ever, but I don't care. And we got Gail and Season here yes. with us. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, blah, 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 motorcycles. We are here because we're supposed to be doing a presentation. Right. No one comes to seminars on Sundays, so Haley and I came up with a new one for anyone who showed up. And these two lovely ladies showed up, and we are doing a presentation on Haley's first AMA Vintage Days experience. Oh, wow. All the carnage that goes along with it. And I was fortunate enough to, well, fortunate or unfortunate, depending on your side of it, uh, you were in the burnout box. What is today? Sunday? It would have been Friday night, right? Friday night, full unicorn helmet, and the evil Knievel suit with the captain. Correct. Um... I, you know what? I'm just going to apologize because my my that night we, it's it's a blur. The bur- the burnout box for me is a blur. <laughs> I am the burnout box safety technician. I think it's the smoke and the rubber. Yes, it, it absolutely is, and I don't know what they're making the tires out of this year. <laughs> but literally, it smelled like it smelled like 
like brute or something. It was like Old Spice, and then the, sm the smoke <laughs> the smoke machines we were using had some kind of fragrance to them. Um, so, yes, tell us about your first AMA experience. What give us? What do you um, think? There is only one word that I need to describe my first AMA vintage days experience, and it is mental. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing else is needed. Just mental. Mental. Yep. You care yeah. to elaborate on that? We're, uh, well, Liza's, I know when Liza says I'm going to enjoy something that I'm going to enjoy something. She's but all in. She's when like, Liza say yes. said, just she, say yes. Just say yes, you know. And, and I'm there. Just do it. And Liza couldn't really describe to me what was going to go on at Vintage Days. And she was like, every time I sort of asked her about it, I was like, where are we sleeping? She was like, yeah, you know. Sleeping and eating aren't really the priorities. It's not a thing we talk about when you talk about vintage days. You're like, eh, eh, eh. But, but, like, you just, but the method is eat like a raccoon. You just forage yeah. for stuff here yeah. and there. <laughs> and sleep when you have to. Just find a place. Right, and then right. And I was like, what, well, like, what's going on? And she's like, uh, there's, there's racing. And there's, uh, you know, they've got motocross. And I was like, oh, okay, motocross. And they've got flat track. I was like, oh, well, flat track. Street uh, and road racing, like track racing. Right. Okay. And I came here, and it's just been like, if I and I've said this to Liza this weekend, if I was to throw myself a dying party, this would be it. Oh. Like it's hands down, like my thing. Like all the things at once, all the time. You just don't know where to look. Like you just, you can just be stood still, and you know that something absolutely mental is going to just happen right before you without any prompting or organization whatsoever it's just carnage right alex say it's a collection of perfect moments mm -hmm. well you have something like you go to the barrel racing and you're watching like a little kid on a dirt bike goes by and then a ski doo on wheels goes by and then a guy in a t-rex outfit and then and then a guy on an africa twin doing a wheelie right and they're going around and you're just enjoying it but then what makes the perfect moment and then in the campsite right behind, suddenly a flamethrower shoots off and shoots a flame in there. And you're like, there it is. These perfect moments when you can't think of anything can make it better. And right. then it happens. Right. You, yeah, there's no, there's no like construct for a meadow. Yeah. Don't, don't be surprised what you're going to see because you never know what's well, going to come out it. of nowhere. Like last night, you know, we were all having an, an amazing time, sat around the campfire and then one of our gang gets out uh, a whole load of sparklers and we decide to make the sun. So we put a bouquet, <laughs> the sun. <laughs> the sun. A bouquet of sun. sparklers together and asked if anybody them. needs all of any them? welding doing. All of them. <laughs> all of them. They were like that, as, as big as my grip. Um, we lit them on fire and With a blow I've torch. got welders flash. Of course, a blowtorch. I was sitting a few feet away and felt the heat. <laughs> Do you do you have a particular like favorite part? Is there a one moment? No. It's the just whole all, thing. all I of can't it. pick anything. Like it's just oh, the no. whole thing. Moen, what about you? What's your one word to describe? The, yes, the I think my brain keeps uh, saying uh, there's a overload. Uh, my uh, WTF. Yeah, right, and you just keep you keep like, adding to the bullet list of, of WTF. It's just like sub sub one, sub two, sub yeah. He's, he's just, just constantly. It's permagrin mind blown. You see people with a it is permagrin mind blown. It absolutely like, yes. is one hundred percent. It's and we had. I feel like this year particularly, 
we had um, a lot of first timers. We had a lot of first timers this year. I mean, and it was crazy. Yeah, it was two. crazy yeah. the amount of people that we had the first time. And everybody who I've bumped into has shared my um, mental description of uh, AMA vintage days has been with the. Uh, Absolutely, the it is. It is taxing. I need a. Yeah. I need like a. I need a moto vacation from my moto vacation after this. Like you have to have some downtime. We do not have this in the UK. Absolutely. What oh. about the male mile? The Mali Mile. Mali Mile. Mali Mile is not AMA Vintage Days. No, because I'm dying to go to that. It is an awesome event. It really is. There's some stunning bikes and there's some good racing, but it is not AMA Vintage Days. This has no rules. Yes. No rules. And there's rules for that. And there are rules at Mali Mile. I mean, they have glamping there, so yeah, exactly. maybe that's the standard. We, yeah. It's basically like here you've got your jug of beer, there we've got our tea and stalls. Wow. <laughs> wow! 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 So, did you did you get to take all of it in? So you've seen the, the track racing, the motocross. The, did you go to the swap meet? Was I there been, a activity? I've been everywhere. Well? Everywhere. So I, was, I took the Vespa everywhere. through the woods. I then took like the there was. In fact, there was there was a really funny moment actually that I was quite proud of in the woods on on an SSR pit bike, and I'd come down and, and I was tailing these guys, and they'd stopped at the bottom of the hill climb, mm-hmm. and they were all sort of like, oh, we're not, oh, no. And I just sort of picked my moment and I was like, I'm pretty sure this SSR will get up that in second gear, flat out, so long as I do not let off at all. <laughs> so go full noise. So I, so I went round a, round a circle, I got a run up, and then I hit it full chat, and I got to the top, and I got a massive round of applause by all the guys that rust out at the bottom <laughs> on their actual dirt bikes. Right, <laughs> right. Right, and then that's the that's, that's the moment. hidden like hill climb way back off yeah. of the uh, enduro or the yeah, the, uh, big, yeah, the big yeah. one. Yeah, I got stuck back there it's, two years ago. It's yeah, it's awesome. it's it's wicked. It's, it's a good wicked hill back climb. there. Yeah, it is absolutely wicked back there. So, ha- man, I have so many questions right now. So and, many. And Moyne was in his first uh, MX race here in the states. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so like here, here, or yeah. today? He today, raced. so you raced today. How did yeah. you do? What did you, what'd you think I of it? I did come second. I second? did come last. He, I wasn't last. He wasn't last. You were? Okay. Last. As long as you're not last. I yeah. crashed and broke his leg. So yeah, okay. he, he didn't come in last. Okay, well, that's but good. But he finished. He saw a checkered flag. Yes. And he grinned like an idiot the whole time. <laughs> I know. And is every it, turn... Right before started breaking, I would like was screaming in my helmet. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Was it? How, what, were, what was the track like? I mean, it rained, so it's probably sloppy. Is it? it not, was, is it just it, wicked? It was, it was muddy, um, uh, but still not so bad. Uh, sticky mud. Uh, sticky yeah. mud, uh, not so bad. That, they call it mud Ohio. It is called mud Ohio for that reason. Yeah, the um, the roost uh, really hit me in the face a few times, and right. you know the big chunks of mud just. Quite an experience, I think. Right. So, like, real quick, will you just sort of? I want you guys to go through. Um, I was fortunate enough to to hear the earlier podcast when you were doing the tour with him. Just give us a synopsis of what you do as far as doing the motorcycle tours um, that you do, and it it is in Afghanistan, right? It, I believe Pakistan. it's in Pakistan. Pakistan. I want to make sure I had it right. Because it's been a while since I heard the podcast, but I'm trying to catch up on some back episodes. Okay, so a, a quick synopsis would be um, 
I was born and raised in Pakistan. In 2005, I came to the U.S. Went to school in San Francisco State University, and over there, when uh, it's a very rich cultural melting pot, San Francisco, um, people from all over the world um, uh, come together over there, and so I was, kind, you know, I was accepted with open arms and didn't feel any racism or anything of that sort however whenever I told somebody I was from Pakistan or I was a Muslim um, people uh, would take a step back they, they were a bit hesitant but I also saw at the same time after they spoke to me for a little while after they got to know me then they were super cool with me right and I didn't know that uh, uh, before coming here I didn't know that Pakistan doesn't have a good reputation in the West I didn't know that when I got here and I saw the media and how people reacted to when they, I told them I'm a Pakistani that's when I realized like uh, our reputation around the world is is different than what the reality is back home and so um, the main uh, idea with um, I, I just wanted to bring some positivity towards Pakistan and so in 2011 I rode my motorcycle from San Francisco to Pakistan Okay. Uh, His CBR, CBR. Wow, not what I thought would be something you're going to do that yeah. With a stunt cage With a stunt cage with, Okay, uh, I mean I, I did that Whatever ride. it takes I did that ride Initially, of course, I love motorcycles. I wanted to travel, but the main catalyst was uh, it felt like when I was a student in, in school, it felt like everybody is scared of Pakistan, and I just wanted to travel around and let the world meet a Pakistani, a Muslim, one right. at a time. And uh, I'm just going to tell them we don't make bombs, we ride motorcycles. Anybody wants to race me? Uh, and uh, made a lot of friends on the road and finally got to Pakistan, went exploring Pakistan for the first time myself alone in 2012 mm -hmm. and Pakistan, the hospitality, the, the scenery, the mountains, it, it, it blew my mind and then I, I was like, you know, I need to call my friends in California to come ride Pakistan with me right. and so the following year, a bunch of guys came, we rode motorcycles all over Pakistan they fell in love with Pakistan and that made me happy and since then I've met amazing people like Liza uh, like Stumpy like so many other who uh, come check out Pakistan and then um, they, uh, they it's like uh, these guys are helping me remove stereotypes that surround Pakistan oh absolutely so now it's been like almost 10 years Mm -hmm. um, I don't do uh, a lot of tours, maybe like two, three tours every summer. Um, and this is just my way of uh, showing the world uh, um, what, what Pakistan truly is. I feel Pakistan is one of the most misunderstood countries in the world. The reality is far from what the media portrays. And I feel, um, you know, bigger companies, multinationals, they, they do things differently. I want to do just one person at a time, come check out my country, it's not as dangerous as the world thinks it is and I guarantee you that you will fall in love with 
Pakistan and the people of Pakistan. Awesome, awesome. So you're still doing tours though, right? You still do yeah. a couple times a year? And Haley so, and Liza are coming in September. So the similarities between Vintage Days and Pakistan... Right. Very close. many. <laughs> many. Yeah. The hospitality that you didn't expect. Right. Right? Okay. Is in both countries. Wow. Also, riding in the barrel races is just like riding in some of the, the, the city traffic, like Abdabad. Throwing a couple donkeys, same thing. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> same thing. Lane Instead Lane of dodging Lane. barrels, you're dodging donkeys. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. rickshaws and... Lane, oh, yeah. Lane sharing with two trucks, 18 motorcycles, and five donkeys. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. But the, the sense of community, but more so, what I, the comparison I draw is that you can't accurately describe the experience to anybody. You can tell people what's at Vintage Days. You can't explain the overwhelming joy and fun and experiences. And same with Pakistan. You can't explain that. You can tell them what they're going to see. Right. You can't ex- prepare them for how they're going to feel. So I am fortunate enough that I get to share not just Vintage Days, but Pakistan with Haley Bell this year to see her mind blown twice. Right. So is the is the tour full? Uh, we have two spots left open, ladies. And how do we how do we how do people get in touch with you if they want to do that tour? Uh, differentagenda.com. Okay. And the name of the tour is Chickistan. 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 Okay. Okay. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. I would love to be able to do that. You can't do that. I can't do that. But you can go on any of the other tours with Moin. So this he has Chikistan co-ed tours. An all women tour. Of course it is. But next is. next summer I have I have uh, two uh, co-ed trips as well. Okay, that's and, fine. Um, check out the website. The 2023 tours are already up. Okay. Um, and what's the website again? A differentagenda.com. I just want to be able to help anybody get to you guys that I can. I appreciate that. Yeah. And check a stand. There you go. So, do you have your, is that a middle injury? Yes. Oh, this is a power racing without gloves injury. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh, what'd, you, got, what'd you do? I've got How infected blisters on my hands. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was saying to Liza, every day I've got in the shower, I've, I've hurt in different places more and more. So, I, I do look like I've not been wearing gear all weekend because I've not been wearing gear all weekend. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I have to, I have to go home and like defunk yeah. my from being in the burnout box. I, there are, there are, there are these rubber and mud, and it, it's I, there were. It was in my beard. It's in my hair. Like it's everywhere. I have to scrape it off when I get home. Yep. Somehow or another, I got mud on my truck, which is like twenty feet behind the circus tent. So, I mean, I'm, I'm 50, 60, 70 feet from the burnout box, and somehow or another I have mud all down the side of my truck. But it, and it was in a weird spot, like in the window and the door. So, like, somebody, got into that. somebody might have done a burnout, yeah. maybe, and slung mud all over the side of everything. So, um, how was your experience, by the way, in the burnout box? Yeah, I the, saw you go in, and the, the crowd is so pumped. massive and thick yeah. that they just run to the middle so yeah. I just kind of step out and went it I'm, was I'm it was hot it was smoky it was close um, and it was awesome yeah you just everyone's like you know cheering you on and like that's cheering. the other comparison 
the the air quality. Yeah. The, the burn box in <laughs> the cities in Pakistan yeah. behind yes. the diesel truck. Yeah. Very oh. similar. But I gotta say, the smile on your face, even just pushing the bike in there, you're like, I am ready for this. Yeah. And it was ear to ear. I, I saw time. you. Yeah, I saw you in the staging area, and I walked in. I'm like, wait. I'm like, this is the surprise we're waiting for, and you were just. I mean, you were grinning wider than your helmet. You were, it was this wide, it and you just so were like, I'm, we're going. It was we're going. so much fun. He wouldn't let me go home. He's like, I'm like, I'm taking off. And he's like, no, you're not. You're staying. you got to watch this. So, yeah, it's just, it's overwhelming. Like, it was this, just this whole, awesome. You can't, you can't make people feel this, this kind of thing. Yeah. You, know? you feel like a rock star when you get on that box. Really? And, and, and the... The, the tours of Pakistan he was describing, it's like, I want to give everyone that I come in contact with the best possible motorcycle experience that I can. I want you to feel my motorcycle experience. And I'm like, if I could bottle it and just and, and make it that, that positive motorcycle thing, it's, it's a good friend of mine said earlier, he said, the motorcycles aren't the thing, it's the thing that gets us to the thing. And it's, and it's well, just, you yeah. know, it, it's just a massive community. Massive so. Um, I won't keep you guys too long. It has been an absolute honor. Background noise, dirt bikes, whatever. Uh, it all adds to the cottage. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, is there is there one thing that you could say to new riders? We our particular club gets a lot of new riders that are very intimidated yep. uh, about getting on motorcycles. Men, women. I mean, but particularly the ladies are obviously intimidated with motorcycles but we're like no no please come in even if you don't yeah. have a bike please let us show you how to do it safely is there something you could give to them there absolutely is it's a it's a quote that i live my life by and it's a ship in the harbor is safe but that's not why ships were built kind of talk to you about uh, the early years. When you were first getting in, I know your parents had a motorcycle shop. Mm-hmm. What was what was that like growing up in that kind of environment surrounded by motorcycles your entire life? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was uh, dirt track race professionally. My dad rode a little bit as an amateur. Right. He and all of the bunch of the staff at the shop all competed in observed trials. Yeah. So as a kid, you know, I went really, really slow before I ever got to go fast. But, right, right, right. You know, I, I credit Charles riding for why I was such a, a good racer. Right. Um, not just fast on a road race bike, but actually good and really good at the end of the race when things are getting messy and sloppy. And right, right. A little bit more out of something that maybe wasn't there. So I attribute that to you know, knowing that you steer a bike with the foot pegs and the outside peg is always going to enhance traction even when it's you know, maybe not what it should be. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, for me, I probably didn't realize how cool it was. End of the day, if I hadn't screwed up at school and gotten in trouble, I came home and did a little bit of homework. I got to ride my motorcycle for an hour, mini bike for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Before we went home. So, yeah, uh, I, what I what I did some research, I found out your uncle Daryl really kind of got you into the total trials. I'm a trials guy myself, yeah. so I love trials. I always did it on bicycles, never on never on uh, uh, motorcycles. But that's always fascinated me when people <laughs> you, uh, look at the, what it takes to do trials and then can take it into other other arenas. My um, my my uncle. Was a dirt track race. Okay. Okay. 
my dad and a lot of the guys that worked at the shop. We had our monthly local Charles Club meeting at the shop. And, um, so it was more my dad and a bunch of the staff that worked at the shop. We were an OSA distributor. Okay, okay. Nick Andrews replicas. And, you know, nice. Dirt, dirt Track was the Dick Man replica. They had a couple pretty cool right. models. Well, we're from Louisville. Uh, we were, we always had the uh, Louisville Downs dirt track racers, so that's kind of in our blood. We love the we love the dirt track stuff. But um, yeah, my my dad rode a little bit of flat track and just some amateur stuff, but then decided Charles riding was more fun, and then he enjoyed it more. And um, you know, as a kid, before I got a TY80, when Yamaha came out with a proper Charles bike, right? I rode my mini enduro as a you know as a junior, a beginner, whatever it was. And uh, after that, my dad modified a. 90cc Yamaha, cut the chassis down to the lower at the back. Wow, so that's cool. over a little easier. And uh, then I got a TY80 and I thought, man, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah very nice. Very, and then you transitioned into motocross, right? Air scrambles next, in motocross. Rode the Houston Supercross and I rode Saddleback. Okay. Uh, I rode Houston Supercross in 82. Yeah, yeah. And then I rode Supercross in Houston and Saddleback in 83. And then you, and then you, and then you, uh, that's, move. that's not true. 82 yeah. Super, uh, Carlsbad. Because 83, I did the Houston Supercross. I got a really good start in my heat. Yeah. Second behind Mike Bellman the first time. I'm like, see, I've got this figured out now. <laughs> Halfway around, you just go under the overpass. Right, right, right. You're going under the tunnel. It's a big square kicker. And oh, I wow. Like, I, you know, I had figured out no way to get over that. Yeah. In practice. Yeah. And I looked up, Mike Bell was just, when in doubt, throttle out. Six foot six over the back fender, and he went, oh, just sucked it up, and I did the same thing. Went, oh, oh. endowed all the way through. The was toe. that the first time you broke your collarbone? Actually, I didn't even get hurt. <laughs> I was stuck, my bones were still rubber then. A couple times, haven't you crashed and not gotten hurt? Eastern Creek, right? Right, right. right. That's awesome. And, and, and when I got done with it that night, I was like, you know what? My parents, you know, I graduated high school in 82. Right. My parents were like, this dealership's going to be yours one day. You yeah. Can, you can focus your attention on this now. And, well, I guess I can't train and do what I need to do if I was going to run for professional motocross. Right. So I took the rest of the season off, and at the end of the year in 83, some buddies of mine were road racing. They said, hey, we're going to go to Texas World Speedway and do an endurance race, four-hour endurance race. You want to come ride an hour? I was like, it's a pretty stupid sport. Right, right, right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try, whatever. Right. How can it be any fun? There's no jumps, there's no mud. There's no right, yeah, you're, you're riding on the road. Yeah, it's, it's easy, it's got to be easy. Yeah. I went, I got about 20 minutes of practice, we rode a 750 Safe. Oh, so probably nice. not the perfect bike to experience what handling of a road race. Yeah, but those are like. fun, it's a fun bike. For a shaft ride bike. Yeah, shaft ride. We got done with the four-hour race, I forget where we finished. We weren't, we weren't at the front by any stretch, but... I was as fast as my buddies who've been road racing 10 years. I'm like, right. Huh. Right. So I went home and got on my knee and begged my parents to give me an FJ600 when they came out. So they agreed to support me and sponsor me and you know, all that other stuff. So right, right. 84 was the first time I'd ever really been on a proper street bike on a, on a real racetrack. I'd right. raced the Austin Aqua Festival. Okay. In 81, 82, and 83. Yeah. And it's a race down. Riverside Drive in Austin, right on Town Lake. Yeah, yeah. Back nice. to the median, around the parking lot, around the back auditorium, shows back out on the Riverside Drive. Right, right. First year, I tried to ride my YZ 465, and I couldn't quite stack enough gear on it. 
next year, I think in 82, I took my uncle's dirt tractor and put his, took his TT500, which just had a little bit of small drum brake on the front. Right. You didn't need a lot of brake in a TT. Yeah, yeah. But you needed some. And I just ran that, which he wasn't great front brakes, but it was enough. And I, yeah. I won the, the F1 race. And it was the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> you ran some really good soft dirt track tires on it so I could just slide the thing sideways everywhere. And again, your trials riding comes into uh, comes into play. Comes into and that, that's what I tell everybody: trials more, where it starts. Get more grip, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I would jump ahead a little bit. '85, uh, you start riding for Suzuki, is that right? End of '84, got a trial with Yosh and Willow. Went out, and did really well, and got the ride. Yeah. Rode all the West Coast stuff. We went to Daytona, mm-hmm. qualified third, and the clutch. Uh, I never made it to the first turn. Oh. That's a good story, though. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to jump in here because I feel like it's coming up. Uh, when when at what point when you're you're riding amateur, you're 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 getting there, like you're working your way up. At what point you just do you did you like have that moment of clarity where like, oh, I'm I'm big time. I'm, I'm in the show. Like, what transitioning from like amateur into that that profession? Like, you just you duck in there. No, like, it, it, is there a moment in time that you just froze and you're like, that's the time I remember? Yeah, when I won the Japanese Grand Prix in 88. Yeah, yeah. I won Daytona, hurt my arm, broke my arm in practice at Daytona, but managed to ride and win the race anyway. And then went to Japan, and when I won there, I remember riding around on the cool-off lap going, oh, shit, I wonder what you got to do now. Right, right. That's how it works. I got on the podium in Gardner and lost, and I used to go, I don't know, you know, you're yeah, a good, good, good race kid, but it ain't going to happen again. Lawson said that to you? Yeah, well, oh, the man. they may have both said it. I'm like, well, let's see. Yeah. Five races later, I kicked their ass in the rain again. So. <laughs> <laughs> and again, follow back on that trials. You're used to riding the slick stuff. Oh, my God. And if you ask the technician at Michelin, who was our tire technician most of my career, what's the best place you ever saw Kevin ride? There's not a doubt in my mind. 1988 for my first eight-hour experience with Grand Cross, Pops Yoshimura was there. Wow. And I actually, Pops was there, Pops was alive through my whole career. When I won the Japanese in 94, I gave him the trophy. He was in a wheelchair at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I had a really cool picture of he and I sitting, me kneeling beside him and him in the chair and him holding the trophy. That is awesome. And said, you know, what, what he said is he says, you know what, I've had so many great riders recently, to the only one who's ever won that is awesome. Wow. That is awesome. That's what he was chasing, you know? Yeah. I mean, Pi, that, that, he's one of my personal heroes. I'm a Suzuki guy from way back, and, and he has always been just, for me, the guy to look up to. And, that, and actually, had talk, have a conversation with somebody that actually knew him, got to meet him and, and work with him. That's just fantastic. I, I he, love it. He never spoke much English. Yeah. But when you walk into the garage in the morning, he'd say, Ohio fucking designer. <laughs> Good fucking morning. <laughs> Jeez, I'm gonna sneak in here just because I'm I'm kind of late. But I mean, I knew I knew this would be epic because it, you're a Suzuki man. Yeah, you're a Yoshi man. I knew this would go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big West Cooley fan, you yeah. know. So. Yeah, he's got the West Cooley. Ride the 34. You know, and it's funny because everybody kind of pitted West against me, and I was like, you know, no, no, he never been him against me. I got a chance to ride his bike. I did well on it. He, he went, did. He got on another good bike. And yeah. 
You know, unfortunately, he had that freaking horrific accident. Oh, yeah. Sears Point. <clears throat> yeah, I and, guess. They, and they still race there. <laughs> I know it. Oh, it's just wow. Now, speaking of race course, you designed a race course. I helped. Um, I helped work with the FIA and the FIM to try and get them down a little lenient on some of their specifications yeah. so that we could get Coda to be a, a world class spec track. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing to me. I mean, people don't realize what goes into these tracks. Uh, you know, if, if you're just a casual observer, you just say, "Well, it looks like they paved, you know, paved the hills." But the but the but the, the fact that you know, actually have riders helping design those kinds of things. And, and, you know, and I think the really really good part about it was, I mean, there's no doubt, Charlie Whiting. Yeah. Was was the FIA guy at the time? He was like, you know, Kevin, it just makes sense. Yeah, we'll figure out what to do. We'll pave run out out further we'll give you guys some gravel at the end to stop you if your bikes are still sliding at that point and i think it was either four races four grand prix there before somebody actually hit got it made made it to one of the air, air fences that we had in place yeah <coughs> it's a well-designed track yeah. you know I and mean, then you also it's have, not one that i would have liked to race around though right right there's too many different things going on yeah and my favorite track was one that was kind of basic and simple I could get my bike to do this. Right. I could get it to stop. I could get it to freaking make a U-turn, but it didn't. Couldn't stand to be on its side for a fast corner. Couldn't, yeah. You know, about right. halfway around it, wanted to start doing that, or else it was. Yeah, to steer it this way. Coda would have been a really, really tough track for me to to race and be fast and consistent around. But, you know, I think we, we put a lot of the, the key elements in racing in you know, those fast direction changes. And, um, you know, big hard braking, big top speed. Yeah, yeah, to get that, all, that full... All the, all the different things. And I, my, my my biggest input into that track was the stadium coming off the back straightaway. Uh-huh. I said, you know, used to come in from the woods and hawk and hunt. Yeah. You come into the woods and there'd be 80,000 people in that freaking stadium wow. section. And you just hear, even over the freaking earplugs and the 500 noise and all the battle that you, the heated battle I was in, you could hear those people. You, you could feel that tension when you when you raced off in there that's you know that's what i want to see that's a couple amazing. Of, you know a corner that can send you back out on the ideal line out here whereas if <laughs> this is the last lap i'm gonna get you because i'm sticking it right there right right you're gonna have to run over me to get past right me. right right <laughs> yeah you were really competing against a, a lot of machines that may have been faster but you were actually on something that, that again as i was doing my research that I think the trials riding again comes back where you can take a machine and put it where you need to put it and push it and, and understand where you need to put that machine for that particular moment. Uh, you know, I, I, I had the number of teammates that I had ever beat me, I can count on my hand and have several fingers left. It's right. kind of like that perfect, that bike that was set up perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 maybe that many. Well, <laughs> I got a couple of fingers. Well, my grandpa always said, a man's not a man till you lose a finger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I got, I got away with mine. They're not all the best condition. But, That's all right. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I feel like it was, uh, and I just, I, every every class I ever taught in my riding school, I talk about trials right. Yeah. You know, it's about, you need to learn, you need to back back up learn how to go slow before we learn how to go fast exactly that same thing transitions it's that smooth it's that be out in front of the motorcycle you know right don't, don't react to what's happening anticipate right right, right. you got to be taking break break down see it. Ah, look at it turn hit the back get back early for that next change to, you know when gonna, you're doing that it, it, it comes easy it comes easier Still I was going to ask you about your uh, your school. You have a school down in Alabama, right? We had school in Atlanta okay. for 10 years, and then we went to Barber for a couple of okay. years, and then we just kind of bounced around and did some. But most of the manufacturers kind of got 
for lack of better description, <laughs> short on the support that they were giving us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was fun, but logistically it was a really a headache. Yeah. I love, you know, there's so many stories that I have about school and people come in. One guy being Mr. Grumpy for the whole first day, wouldn't even talk. Second yeah. day, finally, at the end of the day, comes up and goes, hey, you know, hey, sorry I was kind of an asshole these past few days, but my wife bought me this class. I really didn't think I needed it. <laughs> Nobody well, thinks that, they that, need that, it until right. they bounce that, off the pavement once, right. and then, you, they're, you then they realize. You want to come in here. So right. I'm glad you're right. here, and I think what we've seen in your riding is really important. I, I take him back up and look at the whole story. He said, honey, I bought a motorcycle. <laughs> he put her on the back, went out and rode, said, we're both going to freaking die unless I get you into a school. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... I'm going to apologize for all the background noise, but I want to duck in here because I feel like I've got a couple of things. Is there something that that you think is missing? Like you have, you went from you went from like very vintage, mostly mechanical, you know, and then you went, you sort of creeped in what we call what I would like to call modern. But is there something you feel like like the vintage bikes have over the modern bikes, or is there a detail that you're like this bike? The modern bikes lack this from the vintage. Is there something that is you, that you miss from from here's, like here's the, the vintage stuff? Here's the best story that, that I've got, and that is when I was working with Suzuki, we were in Finion, Sears Point, as I know it, um, and Spees came in after race and went from you know fighting for the lead to backed up fifth, and I was like, what happened? Right. Oh, the electronic shift quit working. I was like, do you not know how to shift them? I mean. <laughs> So you can't do this, just go, oh, 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 you know? Yeah. It's not that big a deal. Really? Right. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Um, I just got back from Saxon where I got to ride an 89 version of my RGV 500, which was a Pepsi bike. Yeah. And I got to ride a 94 version. Yeah. And rode the, I made the horrible mistake of riding the 94 first. And it had, bah, 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 yeah. bah, didn't have to do anything. Right. Still have to downshift. It's out to put the throttle. Right, right. Didn't have anything there, but um, and then I got on the '89 bike. And it was like I felt just a just a little bit special needs. So yeah. it kind of spoils. <laughs> I can't even I can't even time these shifts. So it, it kind of takes away oh. from your your original instincts. It kind of it takes that yeah. thought yeah. out of I it. Mean, it spoils you know, you just your. Take, it, I mean, yeah, you get to focus training. all that attention on something else because you don't have to worry about the shift. Right. And when we were actually racing Grand Prix bikes. In 92 to 93, they, Suzuki came up with a shift device. And they said, you know what? There's, we can see on the computer, there's, and, and Suzuki used to be bad about the lever and stick up. Yeah. You'd feel it stick up. You'd right. feel it come back down, hit the top of your boots. You knew you were ready. You had to come up, knock it back down to then get ready to do it. And wow. I, my bike shift went down five up my entire career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anybody tells you you got to shift reverse to go Grand Prix racing. Yeah, okay. No, you don't. Yeah, not no. Really. Yeah, no. But, um, you know, it, it's just, it's another element that, that I think, besides that very, very narrow power band, that new radial tire technology where you needed three laps on a Michelin before you could really even think about trying to go, and if you right. did, it was to the moon. Right, right. Um, you know, there's so many things that, that you had to remember and prepare for back in the day, and tire warmers and technology and lean I mean lean angles 60 degrees or something nowadays wow dragging right. elbows my, my elbow used right. to drag right after that my ass dragged right right yeah, yeah. that was thinking it was headed yeah. to the gravel you really started to hurt right? <laughs> oh, yeah. well we don't want to take up too much of your time I do have a little snippet and poor Mitch is sitting over here getting bored I think he's getting a tan you guys are good um 
is there something so I I really really miss um, MotoGP Indianapolis because they took that off the circuit they took that is there something you see like uh, for example like Formula One is now all of a sudden sort of getting popular in the states again is there something you see like that that needs to be put back into MotoGP that would bring it back so that there's a, a bigger fan base or something in the states well, all I can do is repeat what everybody that has not ever been that big of a fan of F1, but has watched whatever the TV show is, the, 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 the Drive to Survive. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. That tells me so much. I didn't know those guys have to train every day and do this yeah. and do that. And in the same, MotoGP just needs a really good version of that to help educate the public. And I think that's what's made... F1's numbers just skyrocket. Bring it, bring it to the front, I guess. Yeah. Put it, I guess, yeah, put it online. There's so many I different guess. ways of getting video Put it on TV. Right, right, right. It's, it, 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 I think MotoGP has tried it, but they kind of did a bad rendition of it. Right, right. You know, you need to go out, it needs to be first, needs to be top notch, needs to be absolutely everything just like it is. I got and, and as much foot and I think what I've heard people tell me and makes it more new is all of that footage, all, whether it's it's on board in the car, whether it's in the simulator, whether it's them training, riding, running, cycling, whatever it is, um, it just needs to be that much better of a, of a program. I mean, you can, I can't tell you the number of people in the past 12 months that have come and said, have you watched it? No, I still haven't watched it. <laughs> oh, man. Terrible, but, terrible. I got, I got a couple more questions here. So, I'm a big enough F1 fan as it is. I don't need to know any. I, I, I think I know those guys. So uh, so what are you riding now? Just for pleasure, what are you riding? Some buddies, yeah, dirt bikes. Some buddies of mine, um, just before the pandemic started, yeah. February, what, three years ago now, we went to San Diego. We nice. got on a, a ride down Baja with, uh, with Chris Haynes. Oh, nice. We all finished the ride, had a freaking just great time, and, they, and we went and had dinner in LA with some buddies of mine. The guys, one of the guys said to the dinner, let's go back and race the Baja Thousand. Like, wow. Guys, I'll be the team manager, and I do not race motorcycles anymore. Yeah. Not any, not none, not period. Zero. Yeah. And it's pretty hairball. And, oh. Yeah. It's pretty hairball. Here's, here's the best part of the story. It's pre rode with them 1,200 miles going down in six days, had to take an extra day, we had a buddy fall. Yeah. Uh, break a femur, had to get him airlifted oh out. God. But um, got down, waited for the like five days till we went back up to Ensenada. Yeah. Scariest thing I've ever done in my life. 32 hours in a van. <laughs> <laughs> I chasing, believe it. Chasing being support for oh, the Baja Oh my That's God. rough. Absolutely. That's rough. I'll do this next time before I do that. Oh, this is bad. Worst than NASCAR? Oh, my God. There's nothing even remotely fun about it. No, imagine thing. the guys that did it originally in Volkswagen Beetles. Oh, yeah, there is a, there's the Beetle class. I forget, yeah. Oh, yes, the old thing. It's the Beetle class. They let you put a little knobby tire on the Oh, yeah, yeah. That's on my bucket list. So, Kevin, is there is there anything that you used to do as far as, like, when you were getting ready for a race? Is there a superstition you had or like a special little twerk that you did or a thing, a little tweak or something? Is there any like one thing you were like, I do, I wear like one purple sock or I, <laughs> I do something, you know, the bike has to have this on it or a hidden little, is there a superstitious thing you did at all? Every Grand Prix race I ever rode, my, my biggest superstition was trying to get into Wayne's head. And if I hadn't done it sometime, hadn't done it sometime during the weekend, I took the opportunity Sunday afternoon on the grid to walk up and go, hey man, you ready for this? <laughs> and he's oh, driving, man. Visor down, Mr. Yeah. 
Don't talk to me. No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that no. was my last jab to try to get to him. Maybe I was on the third row and he was on pole, but, you know, I just whatever I could do. I mean, it is. It's I, a psychological I, I, game. You know, he's going to listen. And I said it earlier today. I said, you know, you, you think you had him beat. He had, he had a bad weekend. He had an off weekend qualifying. He was second row, second, second and a half back, whatever it might have been, two seconds better count on seeing him in the race yeah because he was going to find a way to get to the front and race you for the lead until everything just got so bad for him that he had to back up back off and get yeah. some points wow yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean he was that guy that even even where any other guy on the track qualified that bad you never think about seeing him in the front right right and it didn't happen many times but i mean you could never count him out definitely that's wow. awesome that's awesome well i mean we, like I said, we don't take up too much of your time. I mean, you're welcome to you're welcome to hang out. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bother Mitch here for a minute. Can we get? Uh, well, before we get to Mitch, I want. I got buddy's taking a photo, so okay. we're gonna have to duck in here just for one. Uh, I, I want to invite you down to our tent. We uh, we do a burnout box at night. Come on down if you want to come out. We'll, uh, if you're we'll, feeling froggy, please bring a pit bike. Come on down, yeah. If you got a pit bike, or we'll supply you with one. You can do a burnout at our burnout pit. And I just rebuild on mine. I don't care. Yeah. Was that guy busting himself up last night with your group? Or no. No, 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 no. That I mean, our, that was not our yeah, flight out of here. We no, stayed enough on the insanity. So <laughs> I'm, I'm actually the burnout box safety tank. So I'm the guy with a flashlight running around. Making sure nobody does anything yeah, insane. Yeah, so, we had somebody try to light a motorcycle on fire once. Yeah, so we, that's we kind of put the kibosh on But, you know, yes. that's, uh, so, yeah, it's a good time, you know. So, we have I a mean, blast. You're from Texas. My you sound like you have a good time. Laguna, and they said yeah. every Saturday night in Laguna saying it was freaking burnout, crazy, madness. I was like, you know, I never got to see that. Well, we're the far end. We're the far end of the campground. Come on down. We'll Follow the lights, the sound, and the big circus tent. Yeah. Yeah. Big burnout. Fifteen right. gallons right. of smoke. We're gonna go check out the swap meet and have a little look around, but we'll we'll swing by. Yeah, come on by for oh, sure. Man, oh, man, Thanks, guys. Oh, Thanks hey, thank you very much. Absolutely. Nice to meet you. It's fantastic to meet you. So we've got Mitch here. Okay, so we got the editor from AMA. The yes. Ma- the actual, they call it, technically I think it's called a newsletter, but it's a magazine. No, it's not a newsletter. It's a football it's magazine. A mag- it's a football it's magazine. The biggest, it's North America's biggest circulation ma- monthly magazine. Right. No really? more cycle world, no more cycle, no more motorcyclists. Yeah. We're all gone. Riders, yeah, yeah, yeah. Riders' circulation is tiny. Um, we're over 200,000. There's nobody even close now. So we're the only big magazine now. And, nice. pr- and print is still important. You know, it really is. Um, I, I, I love getting the AMA magazine every every month. It is like the, the first thing I grab. You know, I look forward to it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The last, the last like, three episodes, the three issues have been just home run, home run, home run, you know. And, right. and, uh, and so, and that started back when I came aboard with our first cover story was Malcolm Smith turning 80. Yeah. Malcolm right. Smith is, you know, I mean, yeah. you guys know who Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a legend. Right. Legend. Um, so, yeah, so that was where, that's what we started with, and we have just gotten better and better and better every single week, and uh, it's just been it's just been really, really fantastic. I hear, yeah, I hear praises. We were talking to a couple of people earlier, and they were talking, they were singing your praises, because as soon as you came on, they said the magazine stepped up. It, it, it stepped, yeah, yeah it stepped completely I mean, look, up, and it's been look, just we're, killing. We're trying, to, we're trying to recapture, because it sort of disappeared, that in, that 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 motorcycle magazine monthly magazine experience now there are still magazines around right uh, but they're 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 not doing what we're doing I mean, right we are really really looking at historical stuff 
in a very unique way. Um, we're doing some big thumb sucker stories that are 12, 14 pages long. Right. Nobody's doing that those kind of stories anymore at all. Right. No, no. And we're not we're not testing motorcycles either. And, right. Uh, there's a lot of that out there already. If you want to buy a new bike? There's a million places to go look. We're trying to tell stories about motorcycle history, about motorcycle, about the AMA, about people, about events, um, things that are going on today. Whether it's uh, you know racing or government relations or all the things that we all worry about as motorcycle people, and uh, it seems to be resonating pretty strongly. So yeah, if, if you don't have your AMA membership, you're not getting the magazine. You're not like you're not informed. It is no. packed solid with contacts, Here's companies, places yeah. to ride, who to talk to, Here's everything. The thing. The AMA membership is fifty bucks. That turns out that turns into four dollars and eight cents a month to be to be a member and to get the magazine. Four dollars right. and eight cents a month. That's one coffee. Right, and you're an AMA member. You got all those benefits, all those discounts, all that wonderful stuff. You I've gotten the, a tow home before. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's worth the yeah. money right there. Yeah. We've we've done that. We've we've absolutely done that. Use the tow. It's been, we've had a really fun time the last year and a half. So yeah, I was going to ask you how much fun are you having, but you've already we, we, you've already thrown it out. We are there. having a lot of fun. Uh, this, this is the first time I've actually sat down and relaxed all day, so I'm having a lot of fun. Oh, right well, now, come but, back oh, to the yeah, yeah. tacos with us. We're yeah, taking come back. Come back to the campground and hang out with us. We got we got a business dinner tonight with one of the big OEs, and, and that'll be fun tonight because we're okay. trying to get the little back. Look, the magazine um, was basically left to sort of um, it just wasn't being taken care of, right? And it, and it and it and now I mean we have nobody has bigger circulation than we do because we have over two hundred thousand members, and they all get the magazine. Yeah. So um, we got some work to do, but we're we're definitely headed in the right direction. Um, the people that see it are like, and if people see it, they go, "Holy shit, this is really, really good." Yeah. Excuse my yeah. language. Um, <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. All twelve listeners just come here. There you go. Um, there you go. So on that note, you're you're leaning more towards the historical side. Um, you know, it's, it's like, a mix, but yes, we're we're coming out of Louisville. Like we have we have the woodsman out of Louisville. We had a we had a, a strong, strong like seventies and eighties. We had the Louisville Downs. We had the flat track. Um, you know, Lexington's got the got the red mile right now. We've got some strong motorcycle history in Louisville. Yeah. I'm gonna have to reach out to you, and we're gonna have to talk about some some history and some other things. Um, no. from, from some groups back home. A lot of the guys that we ride with in Louisville Vintage are the next generation riders right. and, and they come from the Woodsman which was a dirt riding group and a, you know, an enduro yeah. riding group and they're, a lot of them are still around so we've been trying to sort of build some history and I've got some contacts in Louisville that are uh, have historical photographs, historical movies, and all that kind of stuff. So we might have to throw that at you. Well, yeah, I yeah. like it all. I mean, I, I grew up racing motocross as a kid. Yeah. And then I got in when I when I got my job at Motorcycles Magazine, I started road racing. And um, so you have all that dirt experience for a decade or a decade and a half, and then you get into the whole motorcycle magazine theme, where you're in Los Angeles for 30 plus years, and all you do is ride ride street bikes every day. You're yeah. racing all around the world. Right. Um, that that combination of historical stuff. I mean, I was such a huge Roger DeCoster and Bobby Anna fan and Bobby oh, Smith, yeah. and uh, but the first, the first, this is interesting, has to do with Kevin. Uh, when I first got my job at Motorcycles Magazine, I got there, and we immediately, my the first story I wrote was like was a feature story on Kevin Schwantz, and nice. it was probably July issue of '85. He had just qualified in the front row at Daytona, fragged his clutch, but um, he was winning races in the beginning of the year that year. So yeah, nice. and, uh, so he and I sort of the way back from the very beginning. So uh, yeah, <laughs> wow, a lot of fun. The business has changed, but it's still a lot of fun, and I, I feel I feel really fortunate to be at a place that they're still believing print. So what right. you said about print is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, everything else is digital, and it, and it can go away. It just seems so temporary. But you eat these magazines, and they stack up, and you you, you get this history. I have, dude, I have a, I have a special place in my in my office where my my AMA magazines there. Yeah. Matter of fact, I have a special autographed copy because our our burnout box captain. 
El Capitan, Mr. Oh, Andrew Rich made the cover. Oh, I was on the, the cover. He's on the cover. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some flag about that. How come we're not on the cover, Mitch? <laughs> Jeez, no, no. I mean, we have been to featured club. We've uh, been, we've, we've done a lot. We've been bringing we've been, lights and sounds and, and the ridiculousness of the burnout box to the to that corner for years now. But like, as, as far as um, was that was that your guys' thing? Our last issue, I mean, our last year's issue, they covered Middle Ohio, they covered BMD. Was that uh, your was that your big thing? Heather? I think we get a little snippet in there. Yeah, the, we had a little bit of a thing in there. I, yeah. I don't know if we're, I don't know. The, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we've been pinged on, but there's like a maybe a photo or two. But yeah. no, Andrew, Andrew actually um, uh, moved out of Louisville, moved to Colorado, and and has has been building the motorcycle community in Colorado with um, kind of the similar thing like Skidmark has, a right, right, where people can get together, egalitarian cooperative. So, um, what I want to know is, uh, like, if if we are, I have my membership, I get my, I I pull up my magazine. How do how do Members from the AMA, like how do they, how do we contribute? Is there anything we can do to like to, to send to you to contri- contribute to your your content that you're looking for or anything anyway? Like, well, you can send us ideas good. like crazy if you want. Uh, we also have a back in the day section where you can send us photos from your past uh, um, if you'd like. Uh, my shameless plug is Bonneville 2011. I was a photographer slash pit crew for a Vincent team. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I won't bring that up no, anymore. Don't work, no worries. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, we're just we're just trying to highlight the really cool stuff. I mean, we did an entire we did an entire fourteen page story on Kenny Roberts riding the TZ seven fifty in fifty mile, which yeah. was, and it was from him. Yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. talks about it from everybody else's point of view. This was actually from him in right. his words. So right. it's a sort of really kind of deep dig stuff that we like to do. And uh, I've known Kevin forever, so we did a really nice piece on him a couple months ago. He was on the cover. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that was yeah, great. That, that was a great story. Was, we're, we're not doing superficial crap. We're just yeah. not. We're just digging into it deep and. Um, if it's a twelve or fourteen big story and two or three thousand words, it's it's well done. And that's why and that's why people come come to these kinds of events and, and go to that magazine and it's the stories, it's the people. That, the machines that bring us together, but it's the people and the relationships. Yeah. And yeah. But, but certain bikes, man, you just gotta feature like we put we put a, uh, the blue H two on the cover like, like oh, six yeah. months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it had, it was from a Kawasaki ad, and it looked like a spaceman. He had a white suit on. Right, right. That, 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 anybody who was alive back in the early 70s was oh, I remember that ad. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, look, these motorcycles that we like, they they stir a lot of emotions for, for a lot of people. You for guys sure. are younger, obviously. But, um, right. Um, it, 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 it really does stir a lot of memories and emotion, and, and that's why people come to this event, because they can yeah. look around and go, man, I had one of those, I had one of those, and oh, yeah. I crashed on one of those. And, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm... I'm I spotted a KE250. I've been working on one of those. Really, for me, it's the it's the Lucky Strike. Um, I, my family has connections to uh, Lucky Strike in the Carolinas, so like to see the Lucky Strike stuff yeah. and the Lucky Strike bike, I'm I'm in there like just oh man, I'm I'm totally googling that one. So we always got to ask, what are you riding now? I have a ZRX 1200. Oh, nice. Right? nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go nice. home now. I'm just going to pack it up. Nice. Yz450. Oh, yeah. wow. oh man. Oh yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah. Um, I have I have a CBX in my living room. Oh, oh! Don't tell John Russell. God, you start putting bikes in the uh, living room and just just look yes. at them. That's that's a next uh, level kind of thing. Uh, I used I've had I've had fifty bikes over the years. Most of them yeah. older vintage bikes, GPC seven fifties, RD four hundred Daytona specials. I've had two I've owned two TC seven fifties. RD three fifties. Oh man, just SL seventies, XR seventy fives. What's yeah. the one? What's the one you wish you didn't sell? The t, the first TZ seven fifty I bought. Yeah, because it was completely restored, red and white, stock exhaust. Looked like it just came out of the factory. Wow, uh, wow. but you couldn't ride it. It was yeah. perfect. It yeah. was like like a brand new bike. It was restored yeah. by Stephen Wright, oh, wow. Road American racer. He was the really really involved. 
man. So you're the thing like, is, I wanted to ride it and I couldn't because it was it, you'd have, they don't work. It, it, it had original shocks, original oh, exhaust. Yeah, you didn't want. It was a museum piece. Right, right. And I was an idiot and wanted to ride one, and um, so I sold it. And um, I bought a monoshocker with tubey pipes and electron carbs and trick wheels and all yeah. that. one that had been raced. And I rode it. I rode it here. I yeah. rode it at Barber. I rode it a bunch of places. But it was really expensive to fix and, right. and keep running, and, and it became a real hassle. And then I went, why did I sell that that other bike? Yeah. And now, you know, I think I sold it for twenty five grand. For sure. And now it's worth fifty. So. You're right. Yeah, You're it's right. too late. That's all right. I, I did I that with a lot. West Cooley rep. Oh, no. well, I have I have three of those. <laughs> you really? Three S models. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, oh! oh the, don't get me started. The dream bike. Yeah, the dream bike. I, I'm, I've got one on the hook right now. I the sold dream bike. I, I bought Seven one. Seven hundred eighty. Uh, I had an eighty. Eighty. Yeah. I, I like the eighty better. Yeah, I, I, I bought it out of. It's a little uh, funky with those pipes in that seat, but. I, I bought it out. Of, I pulled it out of a barn. Oh yeah. And uh, brought it here and sold it for money. I'm for money. I mean, I, why do we do why, things for money? It's stupid, stupid thing. And why I, do we do things for and money? And I've now been chasing one ever since. Yeah. You know. Oh, three of them. Jesus. Well, actually, oh, now man. I have two because I just, I sold it. I had one with shit. How many miles did it have on it? Fifty-five hundred miles, maybe. Oh, it was a seventy-nine. Though, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, it, it just didn't have a lot of miles on it. The guy gave me stupid money for it, and I said. You know that's fine because I like I'm building a I'm actually building a West Cooley replica. Yeah, which sounds funny because everybody calls the stock bike a West Cooley replica. It You're gonna, yeah, yeah, it yeah. isn't because West didn't even ride that bike until no. it was off sale. Right, right, he right. He didn't even ride one until '81. Right. So that so it's not. But the bike I'm building is a replica of his race bike, which yeah. had a black engine, black fork legs. Black and that wheels. was here. That was here just a couple years ago. Well, I set that up. Oh, that. did you? Okay, okay. Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, I've got so all. The red one was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the red, white yeah. one came later. But I've got many detailed pictures. There you go. Yeah, yeah, nice. So nice. Yeah, so that's fine. But that's why I like those things a lot. That's that's my favorite. That and the CBX, my favorite big, yeah. big war open bike. Yeah. Fun oh, stuff, man. man. We like. I know. I mean, you're stuff. like a nostalgic like creep, like collector, well, like the rest of us. Like, <laughs> but you're. And but I'm, you're we're, just, jamming, we're jamming a lot of that in the magazine. And, yeah. And you know, guys like you love it. So that's oh, what yeah. we do. I mean, you know, we're doing new stuff and current stuff too. But it's a nice mix. It's important to get that mix right because. You know, I mean, we're getting a lot of letters from guys who ride cruisers, you know, Honda Shadows and Harleys and stuff. And they're right. like, you know, you never do anything on, on those. And I'm, you know, my response is, well, they weren't even around till really 80. Really. Right, right. And that's okay. Yeah. And we, we just did that KZ, KZ 900 LTD story in the back of the magazine. It was in the last page. So yeah. we will do some of the stuff like that. But the, the, oh, yeah, to me, the, the stories are the people yeah. of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Right. And the bikes and the events and the races and it really the happenings, is. The happenings. And, uh, yeah. like we did that um, Elsinore Grand Prix piece a couple months ago. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. All those black and white photos. We're having a good time. It's a good yeah, time. it sounds like you're having a blast. Yep. Is there is there anything you feel like right now that, that the magazine is missing? Anything, uh, maybe? I mean, yeah, you're building had, it up and you've got, you know, you have this monster. Is there any little snippet you feel like it's... Well, we're, we're always looking for something cool and interesting to add to it. I mean, we've added a whole bunch of departments. We have Malcolm Smith in there every month. Yeah. called Malcolm's Moments. Yeah. Two or three pages, mm-hmm. which is sort of excerpted from his book. I helped Malcolm write the book, okay. his autobiography. That took us three years. That was fun. Um, yeah. Three years. Wow. Three years. Yeah. It was, it was really years. fun, actually. I mean, you know, I, I learned about Malcolm's entire life. I wrote every word. He, he edited every word. Mm-hmm. We had a really, really good time doing that autobiography. So, uh, well, if you've not seen like, it, it's 400 pages and has 450 images from his personal archive and it's, oh, yeah. it's a big coffee table book. It's just like awesome. Yeah, I had to get that. A lot of fun. Nice. I don't have that one. Yeah, so we added that. We have the back in the day section. We got last page. We got two or three uh, big thumbsucker stories that are really in-depth. We've got news up front. We've got, and you know, we have a great GRD department, government relations, who yeah. are always fighting for motorcycle stuff. Right. Whether it's motorcycle profiling or mm-hmm. ethanol and gas or land closures or... 
you know, kicking people off the lake because they're riding around on their motorcycles in the wintertime or whatever it is, yeah. we're, we're sort of looking out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what's bad. Well, thanks for uh, sitting down with us. Really appreciate it. I know, yeah, we don't thanks want to take everyone. too much of your time. Um, is there anything you have? Is there anything you want to put out there for like up like new riders or or, or people that are, are are skating on that? You know, I think everybody needs their AMA membership. But is there anything you need to put out there for for new riders or, or younger riders? Or well, we have a garage section in the back, and we do a lot of street savvy stuff, which is uh, training sort of tips, techniques, riding technique stuff. It'll help new riders. But it's the, the story I wrote last month for the issue is if you're a new rider and you want to buy a street bike, go ride a dirt bike first. Yeah. Go there borrow, you go. Go borrow an old whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's a clapped out OSA or a DT1 or a, an XL350 or whatever it is. Go ride around the dirt a little bit. Slide around, get dirty, fall get down, squirreling. scrape your elbows. You might even break your collarbone. Sorry about that. It happens. <laughs> but you're, when you get on the street, you're going to be thinking about traffic and other people instead of learning about the motorcycle. Exactly. Dynamics. And that's important, as you guys know. Yeah. You want to yeah. be thinking about what's going on, not am I riding okay? Right. Hey. Yeah. Right. Right. The, there's well, a million Am I clutching enough? Am I technique? I mean, you, you want to have that done, and you want to really you can get the learning curve is a lot steeper if you go ride a dirt bike. So, yeah. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well. Thanks really, again. I mean, we're just excited. Yeah. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you very much. Um, tell, please, come down tonight. If you have not been to the burnout box, bring we get down early everyone. We might have to do it, yeah. The yeah. Everyone. Box. Come down for late night tacos. I know. Bring a camera, cover the lens. <laughs> it's going to be dirt, rubber, chunks, things, <laughs> stuff fly. There may or may not be beer flying everywhere. There might be some bourbon in it. We're not sure. <laughs> um, we have a great uh, uh, friendship with the uh, sheriff that's in the area. So, that's cool. You know, that's good to know. So, that's please come by. It was a fantastic pleasure to meet you. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for the Louisville Vintage Motor Works podcast. Special thanks to Steepland String Band and all those who made our show possible. Watch for Deer, and we'll see you next time.